1: From Postcard from the Past and Wardour Studios, this is Podcast from the Past. The Postcard Podcast. On this programme, we explore the stories, the memories and meanings behind the pictures and messages on picture postcards, kindly brought to the studio by my guests. I'm Tom Jackson, and today I'm delighted to say my guests are Bibi Lynch and Gary Kemp. Bibi and Gary, hello and welcome. Hello. hello. Now, Bibi Lynch is a journalist, columnist, writer and broadcaster. You'll have seen her work in Grazia, The Guardian, GQ, Red... New woman and psychology.
2: I sound fabulous.
1: And stylist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you might have heard her on BBC Radio London and on her own show on Soho Radio. Um, I don't know if Cambridge Analytica were involved, but Bibi was voted one of Huffington Post's 50 funniest women on Twitter. Now, Bibi comes to us with a BN3 postmark from Hove, just down the coast from Brighton in Sussex. Bibi, do you
2: still send postcards? I like to buy a postcard and put it in an envelope. Is that cheating? Not at all. I like to do that. I like to send rude things.
1: And is that why you put them in the envelope?
2: Yes. <laughs> so a po- I
1: don't care. Postman it. doesn't get shocked. <laughs> now, Gary Kemp, I hardly need to introduce him, was, is songwriter and guitarist of the phenomenally successful Spandau Ballet, the house band for the early 80s London club scene that became known later as the New Romantics. With a band dressed in Lawrence Corner Army surplus and dressing up box frills, Spandau Ballet might have been easy to dismiss as a fad, but Gary defied expectations, writing solid hit after hit after hit. To cut a long story short, Musclebound, chart number 1, Instinction, Only When You Leave, Through the Barricades, and of course the pop-soul classics True and Gold. Along the way, he managed to squeeze in a parallel career as an actor, notably appearing in The Bodyguard of Whitney Houston, and with his brother Martin, memorably playing the craze. Gary comes to us today bearing an indelible N1 postmark from the Essex Road, Islington, North London. Gary, when did
3: you last send a postcard? Oh. Oh, it's decades ago, I think. Really? Sadly, I have to say, yes. Um, I still buy them uh, if they're obviously of interesting places. Have a little kind of bliss station where I work. Stick up some... P-
2: a int- bliss station? Yeah,
3: you know, a place where you can sit and just kind of think, that's me, that's where I, I you know, feel good about those pictures. They inspire you in some way. Um, at home in our kitchen... Um, you know, we might buy a postcard and stick it up on our notice board, um, unwritten though, unsent. Uh, well, it's still but it's like
1: a, a little portable art, isn't it? Something you can just
3: take home. Something you can you can use yeah. as an inspiration. Um, a memento, obviously. Um, you know, the thing is, we 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 all run around with our iPhones taking lots of photographs. So, you know, what you're looking for in a in a often in a gallery. You know, a gallery is is where you're trying to take a little bit of the of the art home with you or to remind you of it. You know, or you might buy a book uh, from the exhibition. I was just in Venice this weekend and we were in the Guggenheim, you know, and I I bought the book, but the thing we've been sort of flipping through the most are the postcards.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's fit in your pocket. They're cheap. You you can put them anywhere around the house. Exactly. Very good. Now, listeners to this podcast know that I believe that for many of us, postcards represent a thread of communication that runs through our lives in strange and unexpected ways. I think it definitely does for my guests. Uh, BB, where have postcards fitted into your life? I, I imagine they might have mapped out your emotional state. I don't know.
2: Yeah, they... Do you know, I have a memory box... <laughs> It's like it's kind of like your bliss corner. But I have that as well. Do no, you? Right. you? Do yeah. So I have a memory box. So it's like every every love letter. There are so many, Tom. The two love letters that were sent to me, I've got those in the memory box. I keep birthday cards and I keep postcards there. So that's my kind of. They're still relevant. So I went into my memory box to find these. Uh, Can I start with? No, no, no. We'll, come, oh, we'll, we'll okay, come back okay, to okay, We have, have a, a memory cards.
3: box for all of our children as well. That's they have so one cute. each under the bed, which they.
2: I love the idea of it, and because I'm on, I'm almost five foot two, Gary. Um, my niece Billy, who's nearly six foot. Um, she The memory box stays right at the top in the kitchen where I can't reach. So I don't see the memories often, but if Billy's around, we get them out.
1: And if you look at a memory box too often, do the memories dissipate? Are they best left... Like a bit like a time, time capsule.
2: Capsules,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're. I, I know what you're saying. There, are, there. It's always a lovely surprise. I had I'm my stuff in, in, in storage for ten years, and well, I that's got them, a surprise when
2: you go yeah, and fetch it. Though. And I got the memory box out, and it made me cry. Oh, it was, wow. it was lovely. And there's, and there's like you know, both my parents are dead, and so they were like there was a card from you know there was something from them, and it was just it was amazing. Yeah.
3: I mean, what I brought in, which I will explain in a bit, I'm sure, it was a surprise for me because they were only just handed to me uh, this year.
1: Oh right, so we should explain. Gary's got not just one or two cars, but <laughs>
3: I broke the rules. Uh, he's
1: had an archive of cars. <laughs> but I hadn't realised you've only just received them yes, again. Yes. What yes. was that like when well, you were
3: l- Shall I explain what they are? Yeah, no. so let's. We'll,
1: we'll look at the details later. But tell us what they are.
3: I had a my dearest friend and my first friend, really, a, a lovely man called Gary Redding, and his then girlfriend Julie. Architects lived in Hackney, and when I went on tour, I just it became my connection with home. I sent postcards to them uh, virtually everywhere I went. Um, not at the very beginning. And obviously I can see there's a cutoff point, which is 87. And I'm not quite sure why. We didn't fall out. Oh, yeah, What <laughs> was the route? So he—he he was. I met him when I was four. We went to school together. Wow. And he was the first kid I saw when I walked into class that morning. And uh, we, we immediately became friends. We still are friends. And I sort of took it upon myself to send him these postcards as I went along. And it became a bit of a thing. So virtually every city I went to. And they tended to be architectural and art-based. He's an architect. But really, looking at them, it was a shock when I got them because you do go... You find yourself going all the way back into that that moment, how your head was. I seem such a younger man when I look at them, you know, I... Some of the comments, oh, Christ! Some of the spelling, and <laughs> uh, now I can't blame my kid for being slight, <laughs> s- slightly bad at his spelling. Um, but um, how
2: lovely that your friend kept them, weren't you touched by well, that? Well,
3: he split up from his girlfriend, and she kept them, and she lives abroad. And then I bumped into her. And she said, oh, I've got these postcards, would you like to see them? I, I don't think they belong to me now. I and mean, maybe they belong to Gary, maybe they belong to Julie, maybe they belong to me, I'm not sure. Uh, so we'll sort of share them. But that's brilliant, yeah, because
1: obviously you know, some, some listeners may know I spend a lot of time putting cards on Twitter and my book and so on, and they're cards that have very much been separated from the person who sent them and the person who received them. Mm. And they're, you know, they're little orphans, they're just out there. But you've managed to keep the meaning of yours because they've come back to you.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think some of the interesting things in here are you know, the subtext of me complaining about being tired is really me saying, God, aren't I working hard? You know, and, and shouldn't you be impressed by that? You know, and, uh, and I see the like, slight vanity in that, you know. Oh, and, yeah. uh, well, I'm in my 20s. Interesting postcards sent from the old Yugoslavia, you know, which, which was destroyed in certain parts of where we played Zagreb and different areas and Ljubljana, which were, you know, a few years later uh, at war. And so, um, if, for me, it's a little potted history in these kind of succinct little statements that I made on the back of the cards to do sometimes with cricket or football or what's going on here and, or it's to do with the amount of people at the venue or... As I said, how exhausted I
1: was. <laughs> well, we're going we're to look at specifics of these shortly. Um, before... Are
3: you okay now? <laughs> <Yeah. Good. laughs> I've got three young boys. I'm definitely not... <laughs> <laughs> You're still exhausted.
1: Before we uh, look at both the cards that um, have been brought by Gary and BB, I'll just do a quick card of mine. Now, this is uh, like a postcard from the past card, uh, an old card from which I've selected part of the message. This one is from the Isle of Skye. Uh, it has a message, strange message, a, on the front of the card, a double Scotch and it's two funny little dogs and the Isle of Skye. And
3: Black and white terriers, yeah.
1: Exactly. And uh, I suspect they appeared on many cards, not just this one. The message is very simple. It's like a sort of news report directly from the holiday from Margaret in 1976, July. Hot summer, as you remember. Oh, and it says, um, there is a horrible big bee in our tent and won't get out.
3: <laughs> so there you are. And that was going on while she was writing it. <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: news just in. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And in fact, you know, the handwriting's pretty stable, considering she's being threatened by this large bee. Anyway, <laughs> to let you know at home, the images of all the cards we discussed today, um, and certainly some of Gary's, are on the website, uh, and you can take a look. Now, Bibi and Gary, you've been thoughtful enough to bring cards yeah. uh, in various numbers. Bibi, let's start with you. What's the first card you brought along, and Why?
2: Okay, so this one, okay, this sounds like I'm showing off. Of course I'm showing off. This is just, uh, this again is a card that was put in an envelope and sent to me that way, so there's no stamp, but it's from my friend Shelley. And it's just, it says, you are amazing, which is very lovely. And it's black background and lots of kind of livid, jungle kind of flowers on the front. So it's a lovely card. And it's a card of congratulations. Basically, I'd written a feature that I got annihilated for. Right. And Shelley sent me a card saying, well done for writing it, and you were very brave, and it was courageous. And it actually made me cry. It also came along with, um, the reason it was um, not stamped, it came along with a little Bieber bag that she'd bought for me. And I always thought when I was a kid, my Bieber was my name. So (laughs) (laughs) I thought they'd, you know, taken the liberty. So she brought me this gift, and I just thought it was so lovely that someone would send me, when I was obviously reeling a little bit from... The onslaught that you get, which kind of, I guess, the umbrella question with this is, or the point I'm making is, don't write anything personal anymore. Really? You know, and so and I guess I'm, you
3: shouldn't look at maybe you should. Come no, off here's Twitter. the thing
2: why don't you come off Gary Campbell? I mean, only I it's could. just
3: a nightmare out there because it's so polarized. I mean, it's a lot of angry people, and you take the angriest people in the world and they're all shouting at each other. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 like any YouTube site you go to, if you just scroll down to the bottom, it oh. just ends up with two people calling each other uh, names, Hitler, normally, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, or something awful. <laughs> so it's like what.
2: But you you know, know, what a world, forget it. You're right, I should come off Twitter, definitely. Um, But it does really make me laugh. But um, But it is our
3: alternative to the postcard, isn't it? It's what we...
1: It's it's that instantaneous,
2: but also it's below the line comments. So if if I'm on the site, I mean, I don't look now, I learnt a little lesson.
1: And so you got this nonsense from social media, people attacking you, but your friend sent an old-fashioned kind of... Communication. Here's a
2: gift and a show of love, which was a card, and a gift, which was, right.
1: and that meant something more, I suppose. Totally. It's so easy to write the and nasty actually, stuff.
2: And actually, that's what's interesting. Actually, it's a really good point. It negates the the rest of it. You're suddenly like, okay, the people I know and love know and love me and know this about me and love this about me. And actually, so this, I don't this know is the healing power I mean, of the if, post There group. you go, Tom. If Twitter <laughs> is
3: our is our little is our post box. At, well, no, it's our letter box at the front of our house. What a terrible morning every day must be. When it all comes, <laughs> what, a through. what a doormat. What a doormat. so I, I if I ever post anything on Twitter, I, do not, which is only usually to do with professional work. I, I do not read work any of the comments. Yeah. Invariably, they're going to be nasty. You know, yeah. don't get involved. Waste. I find the time wasting that that goes on in my life with social media was appalling. So I'm I'm sort of off that now. Did
2: you win yourself off then?
3: I did. Yeah. I mean, you know, Instagram. I like Instagram. Is more the postcard. Sorry, we're rambling about social media. I agree.
1: Well, look, I, I, I'm I'm not one to criticise social media because the Twitter thing that I do is. is given me great pleasure and it's got me
3: to sit, sit in this room with you two people exactly. today so I, it can work it I think. can work so I think you know I mean I certainly you know the idea of, of receiving a postcard in the 1980s you know when the rest were just bills maybe there was no Twitter there was no social media it there was, was no Instagram joy, to it? roll down oh. what a wonderful moment that was And it travelled. That postcard physically travelled in an analogue sense all the way with its fingerprints.
1: (laughs) Uh, And a few bumps and dinks along the way as well. But But also
2: someone thought of you. Someone thought of you enough to pick that up, buy that stamp. Well, well, it takes time, doesn't
3: it? You have to go and, you know, you
2: get the stamp. But I think Instagram, you're right. I think Instagram is the postcard. So
1: now Gary, you've got a hundred ways of cards with you today. Embarrassed. You've told us what this wonderful archive is. Let's let's dip into it. Let's see what what we can find because this is like a lucky dip of your yes, life
3: yes, yes it is i noticed that earlier on i was i wasn't really saying so okay what have we got here a, a so i looked at this one this is 1985 for example and i'd just done live aid wow and then what's on the front um i think i was in ireland and we, we were doing some writing and, and recording in ireland and i'd gone back to ireland and and I'm saying post Live Aid, it says, 18th of the seventh, 85. Everything seems like an anticlimax after the exciting weekend. Ah, oh, well, back to the griddlestone. <laughs> oh, oh, I know why because I'm in Ireland. I oh, so. very that good. That was there. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm sorry we didn't get to meet again after the show, and I'm glad that you finally got home. Okay, see you soon. I mean, you know, obviously Gary had come to the show, come to Live Aid. You know, we're not talking about what it had done, what it had achieved. That was this was just you know a. A kid had performed at the show, and his mate had been watching, and you know, saying that it, isn't, it was an anticlimax. I think probably everyone felt there was an yeah. anticlimax after live
1: Aid. But also, I think it's sweet. You've 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 been at you know, arguably the biggest show in the world yeah. and you're upset that you didn't manage to meet your mate afterwards. I think that's that's a postcard showing some consideration.
3: Exactly. I don't think we fully realize that it that Live Aid did change everything because it gave power to the people. It usurped democracy in the ballot box, you know, it and it nothing has changed since. In fact, maybe that power has run away a little bit or got itself stuck into Twitter and social media. But the idea that you could join together and with a postal order change
2: what the government was suggesting that's amazing Do you know what's also amazing about that the postman because they must read all the postcards so the postman is going Gary Kemp
1: <laughs> <laughs> was at my. Yeah, but yeah, they, I don't yeah, think yeah. they'd know who the cards were from, really, would they? I mean, you didn't they, sign them. They, no, you know, just, signed, just signed <laughs> Gary Kemp. <out laughs> and, uh, no,
3: not at all. They just signed Gary. Yeah. And I don't remember as a child, postman in the street reading postcards before they posted them through the door. <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> most,
1: most postmen I come across are not not terribly interested even in the address. So,
3: you <laughs> know <what I> mean? <laughs> I mean, if you had a chance to read other people's DMs, you would, really.
2: <laughs> yeah. My um, my postman looks like Paul Young. Anyway.
1: And are you sure it isn't?
0: <laughs> no, it's not you It looks like you. It's called Steve. Hi, Steve. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.
1: Let's sneak another one of yours in, Gary. Okay, you yeah. So we've, um, done, we've done Live Aid, which is an amazing postcard to
3: see. So this is much later, and here I am. I'm on tour, obviously, in Italy. This one's from Rome. I mean, literally, i just pulled this out here now because I embarrassingly didn't make choices before I arrived. I just <laughs> came with this. I wanted to put in, a, there. put in a thumb and, you know, pull out a plum, as well, they say. Right. Uh, and I'm saying on the 18th of the 11th 86. I wanted to find a postcard of a Caravaggio as i just visited a church with with three of his paintings, and they completely knocked me out. We've just played to 33,000 people in Rome, most of whom seem to frequent our hotel lobby. <laughs> uh, the view from my balcony looks at one of the hills over the most beautiful city and my favourite city in the world, Napoli next. For Gary and I, that was... Um, There were a few little things in there that were important. I mean, obviously the art, we're both into art. He was very much into Caravaggio, and I was hunting these Caravaggios out in a church, not just for myself, but partly for him, vicariously as well. And then I mentioned the mountain, because Gary and I were big mountain walkers. We both still are. Um, We used to do a lot of hills together up in the lakes, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, just... uh, So you you really appreciated where you were travelling to? Yeah, always. I was probably the first to bed, after shows but that's the way I've always kind of been I reach a stage and I think I don't need any more I'm off but I always took the opportunity to go to a gallery if I had a chance if I wasn't jumping straight on the tour bus or going straight to the airport then I would visit whatever local was worth seeing you know local stuff that was worth seeing and usually a gallery or church they were my um they were my two drawers and the first thing I'd ask the concierge when I'd arrive and did the rest of the band send cards at all not that I know of no I mean, obviously, I probably would have had to give that. Given that the that most of the crowd were in the hotel lobby, what I mean by that was, you know, obviously we were pretty much imprisoned to a certain yeah. extent. So, out of that I, that day, I most certainly couldn't have gone to the to the church to see the Caravaggios on my own. I would have gone with two security blokes wow. that used to travel with us, because Italy was fanatical. I remember getting locked in a. In a shop once. Well, we all did. We all got, I mean, a few of us got locked in a shop and we couldn't get out. I mean, there was just like grannies, everything, all up against the window, <laughs> staring in. So I would have gone with them. And on that tour, we had the chief of police of Italy, the whole of Italy, on tour with us. Wow. And I mean, I remember going for lunch once and um, and it was a big police cordon and and people, police cars waving little sort of lollipops out the window to sort of wave other cars away and this car went in the ditch went into a ditch and the people were still waving at us (laughs) when we went by (laughs) um so
1: it's okay show business so it (laughs) it sounds
3: like i'm wandering out on my own which obviously i i could do in a lot of (laughs) other places but in italy they're particularly passionate
2: see these cards as well were really prompt memories for you weren't they yeah of these places like just now that's a great story absolutely yeah these have, have, you know, kickstarted.
1: I suppose the other thing is uh, life on tour. No, I'm not that familiar with it, but having done bits <laughs> and pieces overseas and stuff, you're aware that things begin to blur one into the other. But I guess these cards help differentiate them back into specific memories.
3: They do, and, uh, and I didn't keep a diary at the time, and so they have become a sort of a diary. And, uh, and obviously some of them aren't even dated... But I could e- quite easily find out where they belong in the slot, and uh, it's sort of interesting. Uh, yeah, it's an it's an inter- they 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 cover about three tours, and recording and writing one album, and they and and or two albums actually.
2: Yeah. yeah. Why do you think you stopped then? Can you remember? Uh, you
3: I think it was that we had a lot of time in London making a new album. Uh, we made it at home. There was a lot of changes in my life. I split up with my then-girlfriend and met s- someone else who I got married to. So I think it was my focus had changed.
1: Um, BB, well, s- let's have your second card. I'm slightly
2: depressed, Gary. Where, would, you where were you on tour, BB? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, mine are just about my awful life. No the, no, the
1: stories are all real. That's what I love about them. They're so different.
2: Um, yeah, anyway, My Terrible Life by BB Lynch. Um, this mm. one is a photo of... Look at that, Gary. It's brilliant. Of a man just as Elvis, sitting reading. Which which newspapers he reading?
1: Oh, it's hard to see.
2: Hard to see uh, um, something then, extra, like a
1: local paper. It's I a think. local
2: extra, and he's sitting in a really uh, chintzy front room with pictures of Elvis everywhere on a kind of crushed red velvet um, slouchy armchair. It's and like he's, a
1: piece of sort of pop art. It's, in its fantastic, isn't it? Way, isn't it? So it's a great or, uh, Martin Parr meets pop art. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, it is.
2: It's a great photograph by my great photographer friend Jem Day, and Jem um, sent me this picture on a postcard, and on the back it says to Bibi. <laughs> Again, there's no stamp on it. It's unused to me. Here is your post. Hope all is well in Chorley. See you down in the big smoke soon. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Now the story behind that, Tom. So in Chorley. Chorley's near Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, in contrast to touring, have moved flat or home nineteen times in the last three years. About 30 in the last 10. So we could be depressing here and go on about the London housing crisis and the Great Recession, what it did to journalism and how now for a thousand words you're paid a pound, which the taxman takes. You know, so all these different reasons came together to me moving all the time. So I, I brought in for Tom today several cards which all together represented the housing crisis Now it's impacted on me. They're, so sure. they're
1: a document of your peripatetic yeah. existence. Yeah,
2: so talking about Twitter and the, the great things about Twitter... Loads of support, loads of funny people. I've met some really great friends and a girl called Suzanne I met on Twitter. We met for a, I, I was again homeless. I had nowhere to live. I had a week to find somewhere to live and it was, what do I do? And um, a friend on Twitter suggested I um, go and stay with him. I stayed with him for a little while and then Suzanne said I could stay and I ended up staying at Suzanne's for a month. I'd met her once before in a pub in Camden. I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? And she just let me stay, like, super kind. And then Gemma, who'd also let me stay at her place, was again super kind in keeping all my post. So that's the, I mean, I don't know if it's a nice story, but it's definitely a sign of the time story. And I don't think I'm on my own in this.
1: You're listening to podcasts from the past, Postcard Podcast. My guests today are B.B. Lynch and Gary Kemp. Now, Gary, let's dig again yeah, into your, your um, yeah. brand title. Well, I've,
3: I've obviously got a little, a bit of a choice, but I thought this one looked quite I bought this in Berlin on the ninth of the second, nineteen eighty-five, and it's it's a picture of the Berlin 85. wall. Eighty-five.
1: You were pretty busy in eighty-five, weren't you? That was a that was well a very all, successful I mean, all time.
3: The way, that whole period, you know, all the way through. I'm just, I guess, that's because I'm putting in a thumb, and they tend to be in the <laughs> middle. That tends to be eighty-five, <laughs> and I've just written on the back because obviously I'm sending it to my friend, the architect. I've just written the strangest piece of architecture I've ever seen. And it's the Berlin Wall. And it's got... um, some ones put memorials in front of it and there's some graffiti on it and there's the barbed wire at the top. And very much still in place in '85, the Berlin Wall. It was very much in place. And Berlin was an extraordinary city. And I have to say, I really enjoyed going there. It was always terrifying flying in. The only people who could fly in were ex-military pilots, American, Pan Am. And they would... Because there was a narrow corridor, they were allowed to fly over East Germany in And then they had to drop quite fast into Berlin. So it was always the scariest, strangest descent and landing anywhere in Europe. And there and Belfast, which we were also going to at the same time, were the most extraordinary cities in the whole of Europe. I mean, you couldn't believe they were part of Europe. You couldn't believe Belfast was part of Britain. You know, tanks and watchtowers. And here we had the same watchtowers and we'd visit the wall. I was quite influenced by that and by my stay in Ireland a few years later, a couple of years later, writing a song, Through the Barricades. Of course. Which was about, you know, people from two sides of a divide that come together and fall in love. And it was, I mean, primarily I wrote it about, you know, Protestant and Catholic couple. But when we went, I remember going back to Berlin at the end of the 80s, it would probably be, yeah, 89, 89. And the wall was coming down. Of course. And, and we went to see what was happening at the wall. And I thought there were birds chirping in the trees. But it wasn't. It was the chisels oh, of wow. people banging on the wall and <laughs> hammering out stones. So we got there and we got chiseled. We got a hammer each. And we started hammering and banging on the wall, this wall in this postcard. Yeah. And, and we created this hole. And a German officer, the East German officer, looked through it. And I was watching people drive out in Trabans full, you know, packed mini little cars with about, you know, stuff with people, <laughs> just all driving past shops and being, you know, gobsmacked by what they were seeing. We played through the barricades that night in Berlin. Did I bet you did. Fantastic. And How did it, it go? It was extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, it was extraordinary. So, um, so you know that little card of being at the Wall in '85. I mean, it was obviously an inc- extraordinary place in '85. It was a little island of what do they say? Island of capitalism in a sea of communism. Uh, you know, it had the famous Hansa Studio. Bowie had validated yeah. it. It had the best clubs ever, right? Because everyone was just partying who yeah, lived there. Yeah. You know, they were they were given license to party as well because that was the it was the shop window of capitalism.
2: Doesn't that seem like a strange choice of building or structure to photograph for a postcard? it is but you know i think that was berlin you know berlin at that
3: time was focused on the wall both one side and the and this side and the other side a bit like i guess north and south korea is now yeah. you know i mean it it spoke volumes but obviously this i can't read this in german unfortunately that's written on the wall in graffiti but it, um...
2: it says sing us another one gary Yeah, <laughs> is it good gonna... thirteen thousand
3: thirteen thousand
1: women something
2: do they go right. up on
3: your website? These we we'll it up. Yeah,
1: yes. Yeah. So I'm sure someone will know what it says. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, that's amazing, and I, I think that's a that's a good example actually of how the fact that these you've, the, you kept on hold of these cards, your friends have kept hold of these cards, it's quite a timely thing to keep hold of now as well. You know, a reminder that the way Europe was divided. And
3: uh, yeah, well, the know, Yugoslavia I ones I have in here as well. It's kind yeah. of
1: it's kind of topical, especially you know the Irish border and so on. Yeah. Very hot debate at the moment. These these absolutely things. Right, are,
3: because as as progressing out of the 80s. The wall came down here. The war in Newcastle had obviously finished and people had come to an agreement there. The, the Northern Ireland uh, situation had, with, with the Good Friday Agreement had changed everything. But we went back to Belfast at the end of the 80s and it was, it was, it was wonderful. Right. You know? There was none of that to be seen. And now I feel we're kind of See going back
2: soon, yeah. the yes. other way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn from history. Learn from history. Mm. I'll do one more card of mine. Mm-hmm. This is a card from Stonehaven in Scotland. The uh, Carl's Post in Aberdeen, 1979. Good year. Uh, <laughs> it's from Jacqueline and it's very simple. She's talking to her friend Karen and she says, I was last up on Tuesday and everyone was walking by staring in and I was in my pajamas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so
2: important
3: crying. message yeah. that,
1: that I had to get through. The pajamas, <laughs> thank you
2: for sharing
1: no well exactly no and and you know more to the point where are you now Jacqueline <laughs> still in Stealing your pajamas in your get dressed lady <laughs> look thank you so much both of you thank you uh, thank you that thank you fun. for sharing your cards with us and our listeners I will remind everyone at home the images of the cards that prompted these stories will be on the blog and you'll be able to see them and before I let you both go back into the Fairly decent London sunshine. Got one more card for you both. Mm-hmm. Don't know if i you've seen one of these before. Gary, you're the musician. So have a look at this.
3: Ah yes, it's a it's a it's a record. <laughs> it's, so it's a it's a postcard that's actually got grooves, record grooves on it, although it's an oblong postcard, it's it, the, the circular grooves and a hole in the middle for the spindle.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and what does it play? Well, we'll have to see. Um, David's been twiddling the knobs and pressing the buttons, so perhaps if we get it to him, we can see if we can uh, get something out Make of it. It work.
3: Eastern European pop music. Here we go. <laughs> Fantastic! Is it Peter Sellers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds like another song. To what song? Um, is it 45 or 33 or what?
3: 45. This is 45.
2: Play at 33. Have
3: we tried nah. 33. Definitely wrong. Well, then it might be Peter Sellers at yeah. thirty-two. <laughs>
2: Might be Barry White,
1: slow it right down. Well, as the neon lights of the Budapest nightclub continue to rotate at exactly 45 revolutions per minute, moving but frozen forever, that's it for this time on Podcasts from the Past. I'd very much like to thank my first-class guests for sharing the postcards from their pasts, Bibi Lynch and Gary Kemp. Thank you both. Thank you.
2: Thank you. And
1: thank you for listening. Bye for now. You can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on twitter do follow me at past postcard and you can buy the book postcard from the past by me tom jackson at amazon and all good booksellers and if you're looking for podcast production check out wardorstudios.co.uk.